From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, here we are, the end of 2020, and can I just tell you, we've made it. We've made it. It's been quite a year. It's been quite a year, and I'm going to take a guess that there's many of you that just want to kiss this year goodbye. But have you ever really considered all that's happened in this year? Obviously, COVID hit. We've been hit with this pandemic, and regardless of your opinions about that, we've all been impacted by it. But there's been even more. There's been even more, if you pause and think about, there's been abuses of power. There's been injustices in this year. Racism dominating the headlines, revolts, and riots. Murder hornets. Do you remember murder hornets? Locusts and wildfires and information control and distrust and authorities and lockdown and color zones and so much more. It's been a year and to add on top of that, you have faced things on a personal level that is just part of 2020. There's been things that that people have faced in our faith community, job loss and and bad diagnoses and cancer and disease and loss of family members. And it's been a year. But I want to bring you to a scripture today that I, that I believe and hope will, will help you end this year with some encouragement to look ahead. And then you're going to hear some, from, you're going to hear some stories from some people about what God's done in their life that I believe will bring some encouragement. So if you have a Bible, I want to bring you to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations was, was written to express humiliation and suffering and despair that the people, God's people, faced in Jerusalem. It was written by Jeremiah the prophet, or believed to be written by Jeremiah the prophet, after the fall and destruction of Judea. So it was written in a, in a time, a very difficult and dark time in the history of Israel. A lament, just in case you don't know, is a way to express grief and sorrow. And so Lamentations chapter 3, I'm going to read from verse 19 to 24. It says this, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Does anybody feel like that after this year? After the things you faced, you just remember, you're looking, you're reflecting on it. And you just feel down. Yet, he says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. I bring something to my mind, and regardless of all that I remember and what I feel, I have hope. Here it is. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Therefore, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Let me just read you how the message translation put it. I like reading the message because it really just, it really simplifies. It's a paraphrase. And this is what he says. He says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. Does anybody feel like they hit the bottom? But there's one thing I remember and remembering. I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness 
I'm sticking with God. He's all I got left. Now, here's the one thing I want to say to you today. Looking back can really help you move forward. Looking back can really help you move forward. As I look back, I can see more clearly where God was. As I look back and I reflect, I can see the moments where his love shone through and his mercy was there and his faithfulness. Sometimes it's very difficult in the midst of everything we're facing to see God in the moment. When you're in the moment, it's hard to see where is God in all this. But when I look back, I can see his faithfulness in times past and it becomes more clear. And it's his faithfulness in those moments when I look back that gives me hope for what's ahead. You know, we all, to various degrees, we take pictures. Some of you take a lot more pictures than others. Some of you have phones that are just full of pictures. We collect souvenirs. We establish traditions to remind ourselves of moments and relationships and events um, that happened in our lives. And as you thumb through those photos and as you look back on those souvenirs and those memories, we call to mind how far our families come and the moments that shaped us. Well, looking back on what Jesus has done can help us see his faithfulness and position us in a way that we can, we can see him moving forward. We, we may not see him in the day-to-day, but when we look back, we can see his provision in those moments that we didn't recognize. In Jude chapter 1, um, Jude recalls several examples of how God rescued his people and punished his people. And as he looked back, he recalled that all, all that God had done, and he found courage to face the future. Throughout the Old Testament, uh, the God's people set up monuments and they established traditions to help them remember God's faithfulness and God's power. We can get so caught up in what's happening in the moment, happening today, that we can't see how far we've come. But if we collect the snapshots of God's faithfulness along the way, if we take the pictures and we grab the souvenirs and we establish those tra- tra- uh, traditions, when troubles and doubts threatened to overwhelm us when we face a year like we faced and wonder how we're going to step into the next year. We look to 2020 and we think, what's it going to bring? We can look back on those moments with God and how he was faithful, how he kept us going, and we can step bravely into the future. What better way to illustrate this than for you to hear God's stories of God's faithfulness from people who call Parkway Church their home church? Some of these people you may know, some you may not know, but my hope is that all these stories will encourage you as we look ahead to 2020. Watch this. Growing up, when I was growing up, there was, uh, I was, uh, my parents always took me to doctors. They always thought there was something wrong with me or whatever, but it was, um, uh, years later, I come to find out that I had, um, uh, anxiety, I had depression, I had bipolar, uh, you name it, I had it all. Uh, the only thing that I didn't really have was a drug and alcohol problem, which thank God. It was, I was coming home from a night shift uh, in the day and there was some snow on the ground. I thought that I didn't care anymore. Um, life didn't matter to me anymore. Uh, so I decided that um, I'm going to end my life. And uh, I thought the best thing to do would be to uh, unbuckle my seatbelt, uh, increase the speed a little bit, and hit a tree. 
but as I was driving along, I couldn't find the right spot. Like there was no trees in the, in the, in the right places where I could go. I thought, well, I'll go to the bridge. Uh, I went there and uh, I tell you, it was a disaster there. Um, they, they just scared me. The people were yelling at me and I, I think they just knew something was up. And so I took off and got out of there and I decided that um, I'm gonna go to the hospital. But knowing that going to the hospital, that's a long road to recovery. And uh, through uh, years and months and years in and out of hospitals, I've seen so many psychiatrists and psychologists and social workers. I read so many books. My dad actually literally one day, he took me and he begged me to come to uh, Temple to see uh, Pastor Jim Train. He uh, and his group uh, put some oil on me and laid their hands on me and they, um, said prayer for me and my wife decided that she was going to leave not because she didn't love me it's just because she um, wanted me to change my mindset so I started hanging around a um, good Christian buddy of mine Stu McKinnon he really tried to help me out him and his wife prayed for me uh, John Skinner used to come here to church I was coming here and um, I was going to the Wednesday night Wednesday night prayer groups and um, they were praying for me. John was really took an interest in really trying to help me out. I tell you one day I was coming out of the hospital. God said just down in here. He said if you're gonna help yourself I'll help you and you have a lot of people praying for you. I felt like it was a miracle. People don't believe uh, how how bad I was but that changed that day and it was God it was prayer all I could think about was how life was so good God was so good uh, I couldn't get enough of life my wife came back and my life came back I was a joked around I got my sense of humor back I just found it a miracle that God had took a person like me that was, didn't care about life anymore. He changed me. Uh, I've celebrated today, I still celebrate that day that he changed me. My um, family, my friends, we celebrate together the miracle that God did. Prayer is really helps and I really pray that people take my advice and use prayer for help. Hello there, my name is Terry Neely. Over the past few years, I believe God has been rewriting my story, leading me into a stronger, closer relationship with him. More so over the past two years, as many of you know, I was by my mom's side as she fought the hard struggle with final stage liver disease. We lost mom September 3rd of this year. I was praying and believing in a healing miracle, though throughout that journey, it turns out the very true miracle was her salvation. 
He has shown me how to trust during such times. He led me and guided me with strength, with doctors, nurses, so many nudges which led to sudden answers that left even the doctors questioning my perseverance, energy levels, and knowledge. He blessed our family with a couple extra years with mom. Through this year, so many experiences and signs have also happened. The clouds and the sunshine through her room, her graveside ceremony are just one of the, one of the small examples of his brilliance. They were such unexplainable, his presence at just the right time. I know this was from the Lord to me. So much peace filled the room and to all around me. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. He simply showed how we can trust him with everything we face in life, that he is in control and all will be okay. He is always with us. I've learned also when we allow ourselves to be careless with our time and thoughts, spiritual dryness will happen. It's when he feels so distant and is quiet, we suffer also. But most importantly, it is what we choose to do during this time. I've chosen to learn and accept the pain of stretching my faith muscles and to never give up. To thank God and praise him for all my blessings each morning, regardless of my circumstances. Our Savior has placed gifts in each one of us. I pray more now than ever that he fills me with fire in my soul to be his light to others each, each day. I am blessed beyond all measure. Life is meant to be adventurous for all who believe in him. I will continue to trust in him with every part of my soul, and I will see victory. We will all see victory. Amen. Robin and I would love to share with you the impact that God has had in my life. I was always raised in the church. I went to a Christian grade school and that was just the way of life. I feel it taught me to be a good person but at that point in my life it was just a habit. I went on with life that way for years. In my 30s I met the man of my dreams and we were together for 12 years married after 10. Two beautiful girls together. In the last few years of our relationship he fell victim to drug addiction. I prayed like no one has ever prayed before. I begged God to give me an answer of what I should do. In the midst of my turmoil, I left my job for another, and that is when God started to answer my prayers. I ended up in a job with wonderful, supportive people, and there were a few that redirected me to the Christian I longed to be. I ended up coming to Parkway and feeling such a sense of belonging. I decided I needed to leave my marriage for the sake of my kids, but I vowed I would somehow save my ex-husband with prayer. With leaving that marriage came tremendous financial burdens and I just prayed for it to be okay. All of a sudden I got credits and accounts that I should never have had. I had a church friend pay my mortgage one month because God told her to. Time and time again I've been blessed with these things and every time I try and say no and think that someone needs it more than me. But each gift that I am given allows me the ability to give to someone else and I realize that God is just working full circle. I feel so close to God now and the miracles are endless. He is now coming through for my one relentless player to save my, my children's father from the evil that consumed him. And I know now with all my heart that prayer will be answered too, just like every other one. Thanks. Hi Parkway, my name is Chrissy and I'm about to tell you my testimony. I grew up going to church all my life, but it wasn't until my teen years that I actually realized the church I was, grew up going to was not a Bible-believing church. I still attended my childhood church until I moved to the Kerna area, but also went to another church in my hometown that my best friend at the time was a part of. I spent a lot of Friday nights there, um, going to youth group and attending different 
Christian youth-centered retreats like YC Manitoba. I gave my life to the Lord when I was 13 years old. My pastor at the time phrased the question to me like, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? That just got to me, and I started studying all about salvation. When my pastor at the time did another altar call, I put up my hand and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Fast forward many years. I moved to southwestern Ontario from northwestern Ontario. My mental health declined a lot. Not saying I didn't have mental health issues in high school. I did. My small rural town just didn't have adequate mental health services, so I self-medicated with drugs and self-harming. I quickly learned when I was 18 years old that you're too old for child and youth mental health services, but too young for adult services. You're kind of just in limbo. One night I was sitting in the crisis room of Blue Water Health, and the crisis nurse at the time said to me, there is a new psychiatrist in Sarnia that is now accepting patients. I'm sure at the time I said, sign me up, as getting one is very hard. I then was hooked up with CMHA Sarnia Lambton and assigned a worker right away. All In all between this, I was still searching for a church that I can call home. At that time, I was looking for a youth, well, a young adults group and a college group as I needed fellowship of other Christian young adults. I tried a couple, but they just weren't for me. Every so often I went to church, but as time went on, I eventually grew away from the church life. Fast forward about seven, eight years. I was mentally unwell, was in and out of the psych ward a lot. Yes, I was holding down a full-time job, but really I mentally wasn't there. My doctor kept prescribing me meds. I eventually got addicted to one of them. For three years, I was taking them multiple times a day. When I tried to stop, I couldn't. The last year or so, I was so addicted to them, I couldn't function without it. I love getting high off of it. And to make money to support my habit, I would sell some of them. I did start attending church again all through this. At the same time, I wasn't sure why, but now I think it was because God was calling me home again. At the start of 2020, I was in the darkest moments of my life. I felt like no one or nothing could save me. I was hopeless and lost. I was in and out of the psych ward and really to say that was my second home. I was in the middle of a 15 year old battle with self-harm. I was an addict not only self-harm, but also prescription drugs, which I could never admit out loud until going two provinces away for treatment. The first month when I arrived at Choose Life, which if you do not know, is a six month Christian residential treatment in Saskatchewan. I was struggling hard. I missed my family, people who I thought were my friends. Most of all, I missed my independence. I was struggling when, with submitting to the staff, but also to the rules. Very much I disliked the fact that they made me eat three meals a day, get up by 7.15, make my bed, and the daily schedule that religiously followed hour after hour, day after day. After a couple of weeks, I was done. I felt like the program wasn't helping the way I thought it should be. I thought to myself, this is finally it. I'm quitting life. I'm going to do it properly this time. I planned to end it all. I grabbed my stash of pills that was hiding and took them. It wasn't enough. Eventually, I woke up. After cheeking my meds for a couple days, I tried again. Still not enough. Woke up the next morning. All I really did was scare the staff, which made them watch me more closely when I took my pills. The first Sunday after the last attempt, I attended the AGC church in Carnish, Saskatchewan. The worship team sang a song that I never heard before. As they sang, in my wrestling, in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. I knew right then and there that God saved me. He loves me and he wanted me to see his seed in life. That is why he picked the perfect time of the lockdown of 2020 to let, let me work on myself. 
grow and learn in his unconditional love at the Homestead, Homestead for Hope. One of the major components of the Homestead for Hope is working through a program called Freedom Session. Freedom Session is an effective Christ-centered 12-step healing ministry that will lead you on a journey towards freedom and a healing journey that uncovers the root of your pain in our lives and invites Jesus Christ to heal those in our areas of our hearts. The first couple sessions I was like, I don't need this. I've dealt with it before. But as the sessions went on and I walked through the first steps, the material grew more intense. I truly realized that I have never actually dealt with the past. I've always just stuffed it deep into the closet. As I worked through the steps, I came to step four, which is we took inventory of our lives, facing the truths where we've been hurt, how we've hurt others, and the secrets we carry in our hearts. I realized, yes, that I've been deeply hurt by the people in my past, but I've also hurt others as well. I wrote an awfully long list of people that over the past years that I've hurt for my destructive behaviors. Then came step eight. We accepted responsibility for how we've harmed others and made a list of those we've offended and becoming willing to make amends to them. For me, that step was huge. It was a turning point for me. Those chapters in my past were finally closed. I am now free from the past. It has no hold over me. As the days went on, I grew and grew. I realized life wasn't just centered about me, but more about how helping others like Christ himself did. I realized that self-harm and pills weren't worth it. They had just led me down horrible paths. Paths that were hopeless and destructive. Paths that one day I'll lead others through. For the first time in a long time, I am truly happy and excited about life. I'm excited to tell about others about what God has done for me. What he can do for them. Show them the freedom that I have found through Christ. While at the Homestead for Hope, I decided to be baptized. On August 4th, 2020, I was baptized in the creek behind this homestead. I decided to do it there as that's where I truly met my savior. If I was to say I still don't struggle, then I would be lying. No one is perfect. We all have our issues. However, I know now that I need to open my Bible, pray, and listen for his voice and how to overcome the problem. To sum up how I feel, I leave you with these lyrics. All my chains are in the past. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. When my God story started, it started when I had met Colin Jody. Before that, I wasn't regularly attending church. I just felt like I didn't really belong there. The relationship with them had changed my relationship with God, I think, slowly but surely. Um, I've been dealing with back pain for about four years. I've, um, I've prayed. I've asked God to heal me. I've told him if he healed me, I would change. If you heal me, God, I will do better for you. I will be better and I would change. I worked full time as a dental assistant, um, which no is not good for your back. At the end of the day, my pain, I would get into my car and I would cry because the pain would be so bad. I didn't know how I was going to even drive some nights. I would pull over when I got close to home, knowing that I had to go home to my kids and the pain was so intense, I would smoke a joint just to get through my, it would ease the pain just enough to get through my night. And then again, before bed, I would smoke a joint because laying down in bed was very painful. COVID was a blessing for me. It made me realize that work was really actually making my late pain worse. So after 20 years of being a dental assistant, I had to quit, which for me was hard because I loved my job. The pain didn't go away though. I had seen many surgeons 
They told me because I was young and still had control of my bladder that I was fine. They, I tried to explain to them the razor pain. It was like somebody was standing behind my legs with razor blades cutting me. The pain was so intense. And again, they still told me because I was young and I could still control my bladder, I would be okay. I was referred to the Rapids Assessments Clinic in Windsor. Uh, they were very helpful there. They gave me the name of a surgeon, Dr. Dyer. And her card sat on my dresser for months. While I waited, I continued to pray. Maybe not hard enough, maybe not deep enough, but I tried. God placed three very important ladies in my life at that time. I didn't realize at the time that his timing was perfect. One of those ladies had written a book. Her name is Jen Dawson. She wrote a book called Dangerous Prayers. If you ever get a chance to read it, I strongly advise that you do. Jen is one of the three ladies that God placed into my life at perfect timing. I read that book and my prayers changed. My prayers were deeper. I promised God I would do whatever it took, do whatever he asked me to do, if he could heal me. God opened doors for friendship that I would have never had had I, had I been still working full-time. Even though our kids were in the same class, I had never sp really spoke with these ladies. I said the occasional hi, but that was it. Working was my life until I had quit. God knew I would need these three ladies more than anything. They prayed for me. They prayed with me. They prayed for me when I wasn't praying for myself. And then my prayers were answered. I got a call to talk with Dr. Dyer. I met her in September, and on October the 6th, I got the call that my surgery was booked on October the 26th. She was actually booking a year out. And again, God's timing, and maybe the help of Laura, who had met him that year. Also, my friends and my family, and my church family, had been praying for me. I can't tell you enough how God moves in ways that we will never understand. Not only was my surgery a complete success, I have absolutely zero pain. Oh, sorry. And that makes me very happy. And God also blessed me with the meal train, which if you haven't heard of a meal train, it is amazing. Jody and God placed it in my life at the perfect time. I would like to thank each and every person that took the time out of their day to prepare amazing meals for my family for the entire month of November. At that time, I still couldn't bend forward and put stuff into the oven, and I was blessed with a home-cooked meal or delivery every single night for the month of November. And Jody knew that that's what I needed, home-cooked food and good love. God has opened doors for friendship and change in ways that I would never have imagined. He brought things into my life at the most perfect time. I am now today six weeks post-surgery today. I have zero pain. I have God's love. I have the church's love. And I have the love of my friends. And I thank you each and every day for each and every one of you. So here's the reality. 
I don't know what 2021 is going to look like. I've had people ask me, hey, what's your vision? What are you thinking? And honestly, I don't know what 2020 is going to look like. 2021. I thought I knew what 2020 was going to look like, and then it, it completely came differently. But here's what I do know, and this is what I know for certain, and I call to mind, because of God's great love for us, we are not consumed. We're still here. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Therefore, I say, great is your faithfulness as I anticipate the next year. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him in 2021. Maybe 2021 needs to start with that. Maybe it's not a new resolution. Maybe it's not a new way of, of, of doing things. You know, it's, it's starting with putting my hope in something that never, ever fails. And he has a name and his name is Jesus. Listen, I'm believing for 2021. We're going to start the new year next week. We're going to start with 21 days of prayer and fasting because what better way to start the year than praying and believing for breakthrough in our, in our lives, in our region, and in our nation. But let me end this year, end this service by praying for you and praying for us. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we just thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you are a God of love. We thank you that you are a faithful God. We thank you that your mercies are new every day. And Lord, we just ask, God, as we cap and end this year and as we look ahead to the next, that we would hold out on hope in our God. Lord, we know the Christmas season is all about hope. It's about your coming. It's about your being with us. And so we step into the 2021 year looking, God, ahead with hope in our hearts that regardless of what we face, regardless of what we go through, we have the King of all kings by our side. And so we hold out, God, to your mercies, God. I pray every person that's within the sound of my voice today, would you bless, Father God? Would you bless with peace? Would you bless with hope? Would you bless with joy? Would you bless with love, God? Would you draw them into your presence and into a relationship with you in such a way that regardless of what comes, we stand strong, we stand firm, because we're standing on the rock that is Jesus. Lord, we bless you. God, we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, may the God of hope fill you with joy as you trust him and may your life overwhelm with hope as you step into 2021. God bless you today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.